my entitled friend destroys my life by secretly stealing away my fiance as well as ruining my trust in humanity. So I decided to get some revenge. And as a result, I decide to take this to the next level and I ruin her reputation forever. Here's what happened. Once upon a time, I had an extremely close friend by the name of Mindy. Mindy is not her real name. And honestly, she was not just my friend. She was more like a sister. We met in grade school. She pursued my friendship, always tried to sit next to me, always wanting to talk. And over the years, we would spend lots of time at each other's houses. But by the time we were 19 years old, my house was a meeting place because she had extremely bad family trouble. My parents kind of informally took her in because they sympathized with her situation. I always tried to make her feel like she belonged and avoided luxury stuff if she could not afford it. Stuff like expensive shows and clothing that she might like but could not wear. Other times, I just gave her some of my stuff from my closet. She was nice, outspoken, and made me feel like I had the most loyal friend on the planet. The years go by, and I'm fresh out of college, and I got a nice job. Mindy's life has significantly improved. She had her own place and a 9-to-5 that was a very reliable job. By then, we had a group of friends, all young professionals trying to make our way. I remember that time in my life as bittersweet. We would often reminisce of our college days, and because this happened in the 90s, there were no social networks or texting. If you wanted to get in touch, you had to exchange phone numbers or emails. Nowadays, it's fairly easier. So exchanging old stories glued us together as we wondered how things worked out for friends that we may never see again. Gatherings and get-togethers happened in my apartment. I loved that place. It was spacious, still half empty, because I was careful not to throw too much money into decoration. Around those days, Mindy began to look sickly and not quite herself. I was worried and I loved her so much. She had always been there for me, especially when my fiancé broke up with me for no reason. I guess we now call it ghosting. He was the first man that I truly fell in love with. I was never able to get him to express his love like I did, but I accepted him for who he was. He had some cold stages which left me wanting, but I thought I could manage. Basically, I was settling for being breadcrumbed. He was gorgeous, successful, and protective. So when he proposed, I was on cloud nine and decided to ignore the negatives. I had saved a lot of money for our wedding. To be fair, he did the same in a separate banking account. Things came to an end when all of the sudden he broke up with me. He told me that he did not want to get married and did not love me, nor wanted any type of relationship. He let me keep the money from our joint account, plus some of the things at the apartment, namely his workbench, his clothing, pretty much everything now that I think about it. This had a bad effect on me. I felt like he despised me and wanted to cut ties no matter what the cost. Invitations had not been issued, so calling off the engagement was not such an ordeal. Mindy was there for me, listening to my pain, my rants, and my endless sobbing. I lost so much weight. I was embarrassed to be seen out on the street. She had a boyfriend by the name of George. That's not his real name. And he was awesome about letting me crash at their place whenever anguish and pain hit me hard. They both cut ties with my ex. I mean, I had made so many life-altering decisions just for him to leave me in the dark. Mindy and George sat me down and disclosed that my ex was seeing someone else. I remember the shock and the emotional pain. My heart was racing and I ran to the bathroom because the bad news made me throw up. I never understood how my ex treated me like that. Those Christmases were so bad. I would sit in my living room staring at the wall. Mindy and George helped me set up a very 90s posh concept Christmas tree just to try and cheer me up. It had only white lights and a few golden ornaments and some natural pine. I was so depressed the tree stayed up until next spring. By summer, Mindy broke some devastating news. She was terminally ill. I was so angry. She didn't deserve any of this. Her diagnosis was grim. It was so bad 
that George proposed earlier than he had planned because he wanted to live in the moment. She had always dreamed of a huge wedding. It was her obsession. We would go into bridal shops and try on as many dresses as possible when we were just teenagers. The wedding of her dreams was now out of the question. Her family would not pitch in as she had left home on very bad terms and George could not pay for it on his own. George was now barely out of medical school and up to his neck in debt. So I decided to pay for her wedding. It would be a small event, but I would make sure the decorations and her dress were as dreamy as she had always wanted. I still had the money I had saved up for my wedding and as financially risky or stupid as it may have sounded back then, I was sure those final days with Mindy would be worth gold when she was gone. Her illness made me realize there are worse things in this life other than being unceremoniously dumped by my ex. I threw myself into it. I was also happy and hopeful as Mindy was able to go to her chemotherapy sessions by herself without becoming too sick. She also looked much better than other patients. Our group of friends also helped her a lot. There was not a day when someone would not bring her groceries or help pay for random utility bills as she was now out of work. I had initially offered to help her set up a better health insurance plan, but she declined. Now, pay attention to this as this will be important later on. So I decided not to intrude and give her the fairy tale wedding that she absolutely wanted. She had picked out a nice rental dress and a tiara. The florist was to accommodate her taste and create an indoor garden, and the venue itself would be my apartment. The baker had been retained for a six-tier wedding cake. There would be 35 people in total, with tables, an aisle, and a musician to play some music. Now, back to the insurance issue. My first job was a junior sales executive for a health insurance company. There was a legal dispute against another person with insurance, and I was called in by the court to be a witness. As I was getting cleared to enter the building, I saw my ex. My stomach churned. I immediately thought, courtroom wedding. By the time I reached for the elevator, he had already vanished. That messed up my day completely. I relived the lack of closure all over again. I could not let it go. I contacted a good friend who I knew was doing her law internship at the court district. She helped me by checking any legal records regarding my ex. No court wedding, but there was a fraud claim and he was the plaintiff. I didn't make much of it, but it was strange. He was very smart and getting frauded out of his money sounded too uncharacteristic. I still wanted to help Mindy and I tried to set her up with a good insurance plan. I knew it was difficult given that companies treat terminal patients as money dumping risks. I pleaded with my old boss and he searched her name, but she was not in the company database. I thought to myself, maybe she was using a different insurance, but that was odd because she clearly told me what her insurance company was. I felt guilty because I was kind of snooping. Things were normal for a month until my friend at the courtroom broke some disgusting news. The defendant in my ex's lawsuit was my best friend, Mindy. She asked me if I knew anything about it. I had no idea or clue. She then disclosed that the case had become popular gossip among courtroom clerks because my ex had fallen for a complicated Cupid scam. As it turns out, Mindy and my ex had an illicit love affair behind George's back and mine. It spanned for a full year and she was not out of work. She had been fired for embezzlement and larceny, which is basically stealing from an employer. I did know that she kept moving apartments, but I thought she had been trying to save on rent, so she kept looking for cheaper and cheaper places. She moved around towns in the same city. First, she took my ex's money for some investment, and she used her former employer's credibility for it, and then she got him to help her with her medical bills, and scammed him out of close to $20,000. And that's when the ball dropped. Her illness was fake. I seriously couldn't believe it. I avoided her for a week. I hired a private investigator to help me get whatever I could, without much hope as their affair had ended. The P.I. managed to help me 
Tammy get some closure. His name was on her lease for a small studio apartment. Everyone in the building thought that they were a couple. It was their love nest and it was two hours away. I never suspected anything, but apparently he had been lying to me about his actual working hours. He had also helped cover for her car payment at least six times in a year. She had my ex as a sugar daddy. She had seen me cry, puke, curl on my bed, and had broken the news that he had someone else. And it was her all along. My ex seemed salty over the fact that she had chosen to stick with George. It was simple math. My ex was very successful, but George, although not wealthy yet, had become a physician and was spoken for to a small practice with a potential partner. She upped and left and cheated him out of money along the way. Apparently, my ex figured out that she had been lying about her condition. The disgust, pain, and disappointment hit me fairly hard. But somehow, I had so heavily invested in helping her that I had emptied myself of any potentially nerve-wrecking reaction. I was completely numb. I went straight to the wedding vendors and canceled it before it was too late to get my money back. I defunded her wedding. No cake, no dress, and no veil. I sat down with George on a Friday afternoon, and I offered him all the evidence and proof. He cried, but at the end, admitted to feeling painfully relieved. Yes, he loved her, but he had felt pressure to get married. He confessed to many red flags. She always went to her medical appointments by herself and became irritated if he asked too many questions. She had shown him some test results that were incredibly well-crafted, but not knowing what she had done, he thought the medical documents could be fake, and he confirmed that the sneaky way, having his nurse ex-roommate run her name in the computer at where she claimed to be her doctor's office. It was logical on her part as well back then. It was a fairly small town that only had one oncologist. We also suspected that she may have been having a new affair as she spent more and more weekends with her all-girls church camping group. She claimed it was her sanctuary and it helped her a lot, but it may have been a front. George and I accepted the fact that we had been cheated, taken advantage of, and emotionally destroyed by the same person. I personally felt a loss of innocence. Now I understood why she wanted to keep her wedding thing almost a secret. It may have been possible that making it public may have blown her cover one way or the other. So George and I decided to do what was right. I paid for a video tribute to my loyal friend and decided to send it to a local news station as the heartwarming story of love and healing. It featured her and George's apartment compound on purpose so that everyone wanting to serve her court papers could find her. I did not want to see her and I made up excuses, but George had a hard time feigning happiness once she had returned from her camping trip. It was an agonizing week. The news wasn't showing our positive note yet and we were sick with the waiting, but it all blew up on Tuesday morning. The news channel enthusiastically showcased our story with a collage and lots of information about her and how she was about to get married and had almost already beaten cancer. Dozens of ill-spoken haters popped from out of nowhere. As it turns out, this had been her second illness story. I never knew someone so close to me could lead such a scummy double life. My ex went straight to the news channel and was interviewed. And oh man, it was pathetic. He poured his heart out about how crazy in love he had been and how she had only used him. I think by then he did not care if all of our friends and family found out about what he had done. George eventually confronted her with all the information. She denied it and then said it was a lapse of bad judgment. She moved out without too much drama. It took George over a decade to forgive himself for allowing someone to make him look so stupid as a person and as a physician. She left me some voicemails with a lot of excuses. I picked the phone up only once and I told her I had defunded and pulverized her wedding and that it was me who told George what was going on. I used a leveled voice to tell her to never call me again unless she wanted to find 
find out how far I was willing to go to see her pay for her unlawful actions. I cried immediately after I hung up. It was so surreal. George and I slowly found normality, but it absolutely took some time. He dated a couple of girls here and there, but he was simply not ready. I myself basically shut down. She avoided jail. I don't know how. Even when our mutual friends filed petty claims for all the money they invested, buying her stuff while she carried on her false pretenses. Eventually, I used the wedding money to partner with George, and we opened a small clinic. It was the best decision we ever made. Over the years, George and I became best friends, and we grew closer. Eventually, we got married some years ago, and we are now proud parents to a happy family. That is honestly a crazy story. Like, I don't even know where to begin with this. This friend is insane. She was playing everybody for a fool, and using so many excuses just to try and scam a lot of people. Not only did she fake having cancer, but she was cheating on multiple people at multiple times. I mean, what kind of person would seriously do this? I mean, talk about the perfect storm of crazy. This goes to show you that sometimes people are not what they seem. On the outside, they might seem like a really good friend or someone who has your back, but in reality, they're the reason that your life fell apart. So good for the original poster for exposing this lady for the person she really is. Because honestly, she had it coming, and it was only a matter of time before everything fell apart. If you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out, link down below in the description. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I wanted to tell you about a new podcast I thought you would like called The Reslayer's Take. It's a brand new all-ages actual play from Critical Role that follows a new group of adventurers within Exandria. After six misfit mercenaries are rejected from the elite monster hunting group The Slayer's Take, they band together and battle supernatural creatures across the rugged continent of Isilra. It has fresh adventures for a longtime critter or is a perfect first dip into the world of Critical Role. Check out the first episode if you like what you hear and make sure you follow The Reslayer's Take wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts. My wife's friend thinks that she's entitled to free childcare despite all the toxic comments that she makes. And at this point, we're seriously unsure of what to do. My wife has a friend who we'll call Beth that is a single mom but gets a lot of help from her parents. Beth is not her real name. They often watch her kid and allow them to move in rent-free while she was getting settled after relocating. Stuff of that nature. She is pretty ungrateful about all the help that she gets. I've heard her complaining about her parents over things like them 
asking her to get milk on her way home from work and having to take care of her mom while she was sick with COVID. She also expects her parents to watch her kid without giving any notice. Beth also has a really negative opinion about all men, stemming from her terrible choices in partners, and is antagonistic and vocal about it. She loves to pick fights with the dads in the friend group about how men don't contribute domestically and how they're all oppressive scum. The dads in the friend group are very involved with their children, and they are good domestic partners that put in their fair share. I am my daughter's primary caretaker, and I do the vast majority of the domestic responsibilities around our home. My wife is also the breadwinner. My wife is very happy with my parenting and our division of labor in our home. I also make sure my wife gets leisure time free of our daughter whenever she wants it. This has done little to dissuade Beth from making disparaging comments. We all recently went to an event at a park. The event wasn't really my thing, but I went along to keep our daughter occupied. This way, my wife could relax and enjoy catching up with her friends without having to chase around our high-energy preschooler. Beth commented that it's nice my wife has a babysitter, as if me spending time with my daughter is somehow equated to me babysitting and not parenting. Beth and my wife have plans coming up to go to a crafting workshop. While discussing their plans for the day, Beth asked my wife if I would babysit her kid since I'd be staying home with my daughter. She did not offer to pay, so my wife shot her down. Beth then said that she probably has to cancel if I won't watch her kid. My wife said that's too bad and she'll just go alone. Beth has had several months to arrange childcare for their plans, but most likely told her parents yesterday and found out that they couldn't do it. Having enough money to hire a babysitter isn't the issue either. Beth is very successful in her career and very comfortable financially. If Beth had ever offered to watch our daughters or wasn't completely toxic towards me simply because I'm a man, I'd have no problem helping her out. Her entitled attitude about me babysitting for free is what gets me the most. I would never ask someone to babysit my kid without offering any kind of pay. This story is incredible to me because I'm blown away that these people are still communicating with Beth. She obviously has a disdain towards men in general, which is obviously based off of her poor taste in men in the past. Like, first off, how is that anybody else's problem except for this lady's? Just because she can't pick a good partner doesn't mean that every man she runs into is a problem. If anything, she is the real problem in this friends group, and it blows my mind that anybody wants anything to do with her. And the worst part about it is Beth probably knows that she's being an entitled Karen. Like, she knows for a fact the way she's being perceived and the way she's acting towards those around her. She's not an idiot. She is well aware that her attitude absolutely sucks. So her actions and comments towards all the other men in this group, basically demoting them to just babysitters instead of fathers who are actively watching their children, all of that is honestly just a choice. Like, she's literally choosing to act this way. So in my opinion, I think it's time to find a better friend. Beth is a toxic individual, and she obviously has ill intent towards any guy in your group. And that, in my opinion, is completely unacceptable. I mean, flip the script for a second. Imagine if there was a guy in your group who was saying, wow, all these women are just deadbeats. Look at them not even helping out their family. Like, that to me would be insane, and that would be an instant boot for that guy. And honestly, in my opinion, if you want any kind of peace in your friend group, then it's time for Beth to either stop making these horribly toxic comments, or it's probably just time for her to leave. Am I the jerk for not letting my ex take our sons overseas on a trip? All because our daughter can't go. Here's what happened. So I'm a 38-year-old female, and I've been divorced from my ex-husband, who's 40 years old, for about four years. We have three kids together. A 17-year-old female, a 15-year-old male, and a 13-year-old male. I have primary custody of the kids because we live on opposite sides of the country. We alternate major 
after holidays, and he gets them for two months during the summer. He works in the entertainment industry in California, while I live near family in Georgia. Last summer, our daughter decided that she didn't want to visit him during the summer. She didn't want to miss a summer with her friends, has a part-time job, and had other summertime activities here that she didn't want to miss. The three of us talked about it, and my ex was very understanding and supportive of our daughter's choice, even though he said he was saddened and disappointed by it. But he didn't push her on it, and we all came away from the conversation in agreement. This summer is the same thing. She'll be a senior this fall and wants to stay here with her friends again. We had another conversation, and although my ex expressed his feelings and hoped that she changed her mind, he didn't push it on her. Our sons have been with him for about three weeks now. Last week, he called me and asked me if I could send him the boys' passports because he wants to take them overseas. Apparently, a colleague of his invited him and the boys to take a trip on his yacht down the Pacific coast for a couple of weeks with a few stops in Mexico and Central America. This was a spontaneous thing. It wasn't planned. And to say I was a bit off-put by the whole thing would be an understatement. I don't feel 100% comfortable with it, but I understand it's kind of a -a once-in-a-lifetime experience for the kids. However, our daughter can't go, and that rubs me the wrong way. I asked my ex if there was any way our daughter could go to, and he said that unless she can make it there by the time they leave, they simply can't wait for her. Our daughter has multiple activities already planned for that time frame that we have either already paid for or that she is really looking forward to. When she heard about the trip idea that her brothers would go on without her, she was very disappointed. So, I told my ex that unless there's a way for our daughter to go as well, I am not going to send him the passports or give him my permission as primary guardian to take them to another country. My ex gave me quite a bit of pushback on it because he and the boys are really looking forward to it and he says it's a unique bonding experience that I'm depriving them of. When I told him how disappointed our daughter is about it, he said that if she's old enough to make mature decisions about how she spends her time and doesn't want to visit him, then she's old enough to realize that those decisions means that she's going to miss out on things that her brothers get to do while they are with him. The boys have been practically begging me to let them go, and I know that if I don't let them, they will blame me and their sister for it pretty much forever. So am I the jerk for denying them this overseas trip simply because my daughter can't go? What should I do? It really sounds like the original poster is trying to punish their ex. Your daughter can't go. They literally already made the choice to say, okay, I want to stay behind and work in Georgia, as well as spend the summer with my friends and doing other things. You can't do that and then get offended that your brothers are doing something cool, all because they chose to go spend time with their dad. So the fact that the original poster, aka the mom, is deciding suddenly that because her daughter can't go, her sons also can't go, in my opinion, is the definition of insanity. Why would you punish your two sons simply because your daughter can't make it there on time? She literally already has commitments. Why should your sons be punished for your daughter's decision? This is the dumbest thing on planet Earth. It honestly sounds like the original poster is just trying to find a reason to punish their ex. And that is incredibly twisted and so disgusting. I mean, honestly, you're just ruining this just because you want to. Not because there's any actual concern you might have. Like, the ex is literally right. The daughter's old enough to know that her decisions have consequences. And if she wants to work and stay in Georgia, well, congratulations, you're going to miss out on this trip. And that's not him being unfair. That is literally just how life works. So yeah, you're the jerk for deciding not to let them go through with this trip. Using your daughter's disappointment for her stupid decision is honestly just a cop-out. And you honestly need to be better as a parent. Thanks for watching. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications so you never miss a video. To finish listening to all the stories, use the playlist at the top of the
of the description. And if you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out in the description below and subscribe.